Instead of amber, amber waves of grain. Blue waves of audio. <laughs> so <America. impressive>. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably good of a time as any to say, hello everybody, bienvenidos, welcome to the Guantanamo Bay's podcast, a Cuban cousin Kiki. <laughs> <laughs> We've been dealing with all the technical logistics. I wasn't ready. Okay. Uh, welcome to the Guantanamo Bay's podcast. A Cuban cousin, Kiki. I'm Brian Bogart. I'm Julian Goza. And if, if we sound a little disjointed today, it's because we are doing our first ever remote episode. I'm in Austin, Texas, my hometown. Julian is still in LA. Uh, we're recording this on Zoom, so we hope to have like some fun video content for you guys um, if you're listening. And, and we just started the the Instagram account. So, you know, rate, like, follow us, rate us five stars, follow the Instagram account, it's Guantanamo Bay's pod. But um, I, it's been so long since like we've really gotten to talk. We usually talk like, you know, throughout the week, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. And, and so I feel like we haven't had a chance to catch up. How are things going in LA, Jules? <laughs> Uh, you chose a good week to not be here. It's been super rainy. Um, I don't know, but like when I picture March, I picture the color green. I picture, I mean, it has been green, but it's also just been soaking wet. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not spring vibes yet. And, uh, that's a fucking bummer. As soon as I arrived in Austin, apparently it had been raining for weeks and weeks. I arrived, the weather's been perfect all throughout South by Southwest. And then, uh, now, you know, I guess I left the bad weather behind me. And so hopefully when I come back, I'll be back this Saturday and I'll be, uh, and oh my gosh, I have my improv showcase this Sunday. I haven't done an improv showcase since Nam, dude. Wait it's, a minute. I think I could make that. Okay. This Sunday at 4 PM at the UCB theater. That one's for our listeners too. Hell yeah. I'm writing that in my planner. Uh, and I, I'm literally watching you write it in your planner. Um, one of Julian's most endearing qualities for our listeners is that he is very much a, an analog schedule keeper. Um, he doesn't have the Google calendar, doesn't have the Outlook calendar. It's this little, this little, what is it? Blue notebook. It's a, it's a Navy blue notebook, but I always buy a different color depending on what vibes I think the year or like what, where, what my mood so I got I got navy, um, but I put this fun little flamingo sticker on there because uh -huh. you know coast, coastal vibes always. Yeah. Um, so what does a navy planner with a flamingo sticker mean as far as the vibes of the year goes? Um, weathered but hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> That's the theme of this party, baby. We're all weathered but hopeful here. It's been that kind of decade yeah. so far. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Fuck. I know. I'm. I and I. Frankly, today's been a little tough for me. Like as I kind of briefly told you, I'm like kind of having a rough time with a particular friend. My mm. back hurts. Mm. I'm angry at my agent because I never got a check for a tobacco commercial that I did back in January. Yeah. If, if I'm if I'm gonna you know sling it out there for the tobacco companies, I better get that goddamn check because I'm not doing this because I like it. You know, I'm not doing this because it's fun. <laughs> I, I say as uh, you say as I roll a, a, a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, the, the timing. I think you mentioned the tobacco commercial. And you thought mm, cigarette sounds good right now, <laughs> and then you immediately went to that. But I told you I'm rolling my own now, and what's nice about that is uh, they're thinner than your mm -hmm. average cigarette. Has it so slowed feel, down? You're smoking at all? Definitely, definitely. Okay. You have to actually like labor for it and right. roll one. Because you know. I have friends who told me that, friends in Austin who were trying to quit smoking. They're like, oh, I'm just going to get the American Spirits tobacco and roll my own. That's going to slow me down. And they're like, actually, all that happened is I got really good and really fast at rolling it. And I still smoke <laughs> the same rate. So they just became more professional, more prolific smokers. Right. Well, and this is an upgrade. I was using um, cardboard filter tips and I've switched to cotton. So I think I'm filtering out some of that that bad shit so wait are cotton filters bad for you is that a thing or? no i think i think the cardboard filters when i was using them filtered less of the tobacco oh i see and the nicotine yeah i switched to cotton yeah okay okay the Formally. south will rise again <laughs> <laughs> no we're not Bring cotton back. 
back. No, it's not that kind of pot. I mean, you know, cotton never left, to be honest. But the means of how That's got true. Cotton, thankfully, that changed. That's changed. Yeah, and now we get it from Bangladesh. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Uh, I have not been up to date on where the cotton's coming from, but it's never <laughs> a great source, regardless. Ignorance of is bliss. Don't don't yeah. ask too many questions, kid. We can only keep track of so many things. <laughs> There's so much going on. <laughs> yeah, my back hurts. <laughs> God damn it! I'm did dizzy. you did you hurt it in an injury? Uh, did you just wake up and it was hurt? I just woke Wait, up and it was hurt. shooting hoops at the quad and you went up for a dunk. <laughs> that's exactly it, Brian. You know me so well. Um, yeah, I think so I, went, I went to yoga. I went to hot yoga today and that helped, but it didn't totally yeah. get rid of it. Yeah. I don't I'm know. sorry. Feel better soon. Thanks. Hashtag feel better, Jules. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's get that trending on Twitter. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'd love to feel infantilized by a large group of people. Um, I think you do, you have enough infantilization in your life. Um, true, true. Yeah. Sometimes I want it. <laughs> I know you do. You, you do say that you do want to emulate the, the, the czars, the likeness of the enfant terrible. You know, you, you want to, how would you define that? How would you define your brand in that sense? Enfant terrible. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're defining it for me by calling it that. I think, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before. One of my friend's boyfriends once described me as a libertine. Yes. <laughs> and that was the nicest compliment I've ever gotten. Um, yeah, I picture myself like some courtesan that's like, that like misbehaves and like chases after the women and just like, oh, you know, like a very like Amadeus-esque character. Yeah, yeah, libertines, you, you imagine them in those powdered wigs and really fun <laughs> Yeah, dress. little little bows on their patent leather shoes. Yeah, and as you're walking around, you're holding your laptop, you still see that you have the audio waves going. It's still working, yeah. Okay. Sorry for the movement. I just wanted to uh, come up here to smoke a cigarette. Yeah, of course. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Um, well, we got, you know, it's probably as good of a time as any to get into business as usual, cover yes. our normal segments. We got news from the motherland. We got World According to Jules. I think you'll have Bogey Bogey Bum Bum for me. I certainly do. So what do you want to tackle first? Well... Oh, I, this is funny. I uh, I just typed this into my little Guantanamo Bay's notes app because I wanted to bring this up to you. You yeah. have the same birthday as Ronald Reagan, Brian. Did you know that? Wow. How did I not? Because I know that I have the same birthday as Charles Lindbergh and Oscar De La Hoya. It's weird that Reagan was an omission. It's weird that Reagan was not higher up on the list of born on this day because I've seen all the other ones except I for know. Reagan. That's crazy. I know. Um, so, you what, know. What does it mean? Nice... No, I don't, dude. He was born February 6th. Oh, I'm an idiot. You're February 4th. Yeah. Okay. But we could still be cousins. It's dangerously close. Dangerously close. Yeah. You Aquarians, what does, man. What does Ronald Reagan being an Aquarius mean to your understanding of Reagan politics now? Well, I mean, Aquarius is an air sign, so you guys could go one of two ways, but no matter what, you're you're driven by ideology, whether it's mm. left or right of my own. Um, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I suppose it tracks. I don't know what I would have guessed his sign to be. Maybe Capricorn, just because they're so work-oriented and goal-oriented. And, um, yeah. yeah, but anyway. are they, like, kind of these public figure types are they these you know for all reagan's faults he's like he did have this kind of like charisma to him that really drew his base to him like moths to the flame um mm -hmm. are capricorns known for that kind of magnetism not exactly um Damn. but p Buttigieg is a is a capricorn well, and also, and, and you know, for all of his uh, strengths and weaknesses, I wouldn't say like a an undeniable attractive charisma is like <laughs> what he's known for, right? Right. Yeah. Right. He's a bit of a technocrat, I believe yes. the word is. He's pretty clearly technocratic, um, you know, for all the positives and mostly negatives associated with that <laughs> phrase. Um, well, let's go ahead. You know what? I do have a uh, news from the motherland yeah let's start with that because your first item of Reagan having the same birthday at me was a big bust so let's just go right into the <laughs> fuck let's go right into the news from the motherland which is actually 
a positive one. We don't get a lot of positive news stories out of Cuba Yay. today. That changes. You ready for it? Orale. A bipartisan letter to Biden calls for easing restrictions that affect Cuba's private sector. Easing restrictions on trade and travel would increase demand for U.S. commodities and make it easier for U.S. exporters to reach the Cuban market, the letter says. So for all of the economic depression Cuba's experienced, unpres not unprecedented, but more people immigrating out of Cuba than there have been in 50 years, um, now there's talk, and this talk has been going on for decades, of course, and, you know, we, we normalize relationship, uh, relations and then we take away the normalization, uh, so it's really hot and cold, but this is now a bipartisan effort to open Cuba, you know, to the U.S. and, and U.S. markets and, and the U.S. to Cuban markets. I mean, what do you make of that? I mean, you know that gift from Titanic where uh, <laughs> Rose is an old woman and she's uh -huh. holding the heart of the ocean and she's like, it's yeah. been 84 years. <laughs> <laughs> it's been 84 years, motherfucker. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Yeah. Um, and of course, by asshole Trump kind of reversed it. Um, mm. So yeah, this is, I don't see how this couldn't be good news. Um, I saw a documentary, I wish I could remember the name, that kind of posits that like tourism is, is still kind of a... And it's obviously an exploitative industry, mm -hmm. but, but like, it's something, you know, yeah. um, it's, it's not ideal, but I think it's a bridge to where the country needs to go. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I want them to be a player. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or just exist on the global stage and, you know, for us to know what's happening because, you know, I think more of an eye that gets turned to Cuba, really any country, the more the international community could say, hey, these are flagrant human rights abuses. Um, and, and that goes for Cuba, that goes for like any country. And that, that was kind of the whole, you know, the whole thesis of the liberal world order in a way was trade and economic partnerships kind of ensured, or supposed to at least, that we would never have these world wars again because now we're relying on each other for this, you know, cost of living improvement that theoretically has happened for the last, you know, in, in all the post-World War II order. Um, and now, obviously, we're seeing that a lot of people in the international community, I mean, China and Russia have their own ideas, and they don't mind, um, you know, playing economic Russian roulette, no pun intended, to, uh, you know, to, to fuck all that up and, and try to create their own new order. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, and obviously the world order that we're a part of isn't perfect <laughs> as we talk no. about sweatshops and everything. No, of um, course. But yeah, I we think do, that's we good do news. pick and choose our battles, don't we? We really do pick and choose, you know, oh, <laughs> this genocide's happening this year, uh, and that's bad, but we have our own genocide going on over here, and that's not as bad for these reasons, you know, so saith the, uh, you know, so saith the, the government, so saith the, the leaders. All right. Mean, yeah. That seems for the motherland, the fact that Hey, there's a bipartisan letter. There's a bipartisan effort in Congress to open up Cuba to the rest of the world. Um, I'll take the wins where we can get them because they are yeah. few for between. I wonder if Spotify is allowed in Cuba. Good question. Great question. I don't know. Um, I've been perusing Reddit Cuba a lot more than I ever have um, in recent <laughs> weeks. Have not seen a single mention of Spotify that whole time. So, Interesting. Yeah. I'd love if we got some listeners in Old Havana. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That, that would be something. I have started kind of joining some Cuban Facebook groups just to kind of like, you know, get the pulse. I'm not going to like come in guns blazing and be like, we're the Guantanamo base. I want to, you know, sift you know, sift it out a little bit yeah. more before I, Read I do the anything room. like that. Yeah, I'm reading the room for sure. So I'm in that process just trying to get the, the temperature of it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the internet's extremely restricted there. Really, everything's very restricted. A lot of information suppression and, um, and you know, all the land is owned by the government. There's no such thing as private property. So um, that that is probably my biggest problem with communism is that you can't own anything you know like you literally right. nothing belongs to you which means that nothing can stop the government yeah, from look at all these tchotchkes in my fucking room okay <laughs> I like owning things yeah yeah dude if the yeah. government came and tried to take your sick kid painting what would you do 
Oh my god! <laughs> it, it, I'd put my body on the line. My body would block would block the painting. You would set yourself and the painting on fire at the same time. <laughs> yes, I don't know. Well, like a monk protesting the war. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Um, for yeah, because if, if we could get if we could get listeners in Cuba, that would be a real coup. Oh wait, <laughs> <laughs> that's already happened. <laughs> Yeah, so that's news from the motherlands. You know, happy to see bipartisan support um, to Yay. open up relations. Yeah, I, I know we've heard this story before, but uh, but I don't know. It, the, with so much changing in the international order, you, you hope that this is one of those dominoes that maybe I would love for Cuba to fall more in the direction of of uh, the U.S. and you know normalizing relations there. Yeah, I, I think it's time to forgive them for their relationship with the Soviets. I'll say it. I, th- I think it's yeah. time to forgive. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, that's so good that's news from the motherland. Yeah. What is you know? What do you have for me? Um, so the gay item of the week. Let's start there. Ooh, okay. The gay item of the week. Let's have a fun and frivolous time up top. Um, so obviously, I would be remiss if I didn't mention um, Randy McNally liking that gay thirst traps. Those gay thirst traps on Instagram. As a reminder right. to our listeners. The, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, Randy McNally is the Attorney General. I'm sorry, Lieutenant General. Lieutenant Governor of Tennessee, right? Yeah. Lieutenant Governor, yes, yes. Uh, which is like the Vice President of the state, right? Yeah, that's not a bad way of putting it. Go ahead. Um, and Tennessee notoriously just um, just mm-hmm. passed anti... Well, he sponsored legislation uh, banning... Once banned same-sex marriage and uh, is now banning drag shows, um, trans representation in general. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then that motherfucker turns around and likes this 20-year-old gay guy's... <laughs> <laughs> photos on Instagram. I wish they could timestamp call- when that like <laughs> happened, because like I'm sure it was like at 3:30 a.m. You know, and I'm sure it was after he had a night like pretending to be someone else, like hiding his identity at some kind of peep show or some kind of gay club, and then he came home drunk off his ass and like Googled the dancers that were there or something and <laughs> started liking their photos. I mean, I'd call it boomer, boomer energy, not like for him to not know that would be seen. But even my parents who are boomers would never be that stupid. Like, it's so objectively dumb. Well, they're also um, not into, favorite. they're not also into like lie the young gay men. So your parents wouldn't be caught, you know, <laughs> liking the photos of, of those I mean, my dad's on this, my dad's on the spectrum. Let's just say that. <laughs> I remember I've probably told this story just because I was so shocked at how gay my dad was in this moment but he once picked me up from school and one of the hottest guys in my school fuck it I'll say his name because it's a compliment um, his name's Chucky Zavala I haven't seen him in years but yeah. at the time he was he was a real honeypot yeah. and my dad picks me up and Chucky is in the field nearby visibly uh, throwing a javelin and my dad goes who's that Adonis <laughs> I felt like his wife in that moment. I was like, you want to fuck him, Jim? You want to fuck him? (laughs) Because you probably did. (laughs) Did I certainly did, yeah. Did he have a crush Um, on Chucky or was was he a big man on campus? Yes and yes. (laughs) Everyone everyone had, (laughs) to quote Austin Powers, uh, men wanted, no, women wanted him and men wanted to be him. Yeah, shout out to Chucky. <laughs> um, but the comment that really made me laugh that Randy oh, yeah. posted was Finn. That's the guy's name. Finn, you can turn a rainy day into rainbows and sunshine. <laughs> Which I mean, that's is so day. sweet. Yeah, <laughs> so and, and he's, he's evoking rainbows too. I'm like, you could make this any clearer if you wanted. I know that shit annoys me. I'm like, don't invoke rainbows, motherfucker. You lost that privilege. But I love, you know, that is like a very poetic compliment. Let's be honest. Like, yeah, for a dumbass lieutenant governor. L- for lieutenant sure. Governor McNally got game, you know. He got gay game for sure. <laughs> yeah, mad flow. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, spin game. I mean, I you know, I wish we could live in a world where he could just, you know, well, I mean, let's just call it like he's clearly gay or bi or closeted or you know, so it's, it's a massive projection, right? It's a massive like he's banning yeah. drag shows. He's banning drag because. 
he doesn't like what it does to him when he's looking at it. But right. dressing in drag is a fucking First Amendment right as far as I'm concerned. That is that yeah. is so clearly in line with the First Amendment. So to conflate drag with pedophilia and and say like, well, if I'm banning drag, I'm I'm somehow saving the children or whatever. Um, no, you need you need to A to B that a lot more clearly in my mind. Yeah. And him commenting on that Instagram is free speech as well, but I'm we- we're weaponizing it, my gay ass constituency, because he's weaponizing us. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's not so even it's fair. It's not it's fair it's, love or war. It's just evidence of hypocrisy. You know? Right. Yeah, that's that's right. all it is. I, I don't I don't you could say all the gay shit you want till kingdom come. I don't give a shit. But when you, you come for other people, um and in such a hypocritical and obvious way, like and so I just read, I just saw this news headline that was like, uh, Lieutenant Governor McNally, quote unquote, pausing his social media activity. <laughs> you know, so it's like he just God. kiboshed it. Um, yeah, which that's, that's what you do. Grandpa, yeah. Go to rehab he, or something. He also liked uh, <laughs> another one of Finn's posts where Finn said, I am not a whore, all caps. I am a hoe. There's a difference. One is a slut and the other is a prostitute. I'm the one that gets free weed for giving head. <laughs> Which, like, <laughs> well, he just liked it, but I like I he just that. liked it. That's so funny. I love Finn. I'm ready for him to, to be more on the public stage. Like, thanks for the as a presenter. Yeah, <laughs> for the yeah, I, yeah, or at least like a presenter at the Oscars or something. He's red carpet. Finn? Is he a? Is he a? Uh, I don't know. What what does Finn do? Is is he a gay icon or porn star or something? I don't know. Um, he's he doesn't have an OnlyFans or anything. Um, mm. even though every other person nowadays, because of our wrecked economy, is a prostitute. <laughs> yes, and has an OnlyFans. Uh, I don't think he does. We always have been, but the line is now non-existent anymore. There used to be a line between, you know, being a prostitute and being an actual <laughs> prostitute, but now it's like that line's completely blurred. It yeah. doesn't exist. Yeah, it's like, oh, I had an OnlyFans for a week, you know. <laughs> yeah, I gave it a shot, you know, something to do, something to do. Yeah, so um, he's he's an aspiring influencer is my takeaway. Um, aspiring influencer. It's fun. My, my mind just went to like, so he's a porn star, right? It's like, oh, there's still influencers in the world, I guess. But now a lot of them have only fans too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I looked for these comments. They're gone, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, every comment on this post now is, LOL, he deleted the comment. So um, he learned how to use the delete button, at least. He's really adapting to technology. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, may he burn in hell. <laughs> um, the the physical gay item of the week, by the way, because so this is the gay news story. This is the gay physical. Here's the gay the gay item. Yeah. Uh, the gay item of the week is an old DVD of seminal mockumentary film, Drop Dead Gorgeous, that includes an all star ensemble that features Kirstie Alley, Kirsten Dunst, and Allison Janney. R.I.P. Kirstie Alley, of course. Yeah. Um, Have you seen Drop Dead Gorgeous, by the way? Um, no, I've seen some clips oh. that you have shown me. Something she knows, you know, so I... That's I, clueless. That's oh, clueless. Oh, that is. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, Come I, on, I've seen some clips. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Even allies can't be perfect every time. But but do you um, have the DVD? Anyway. Is, is it with you? Do you have the DVD in the physical... It's back home in Texas, but just okay. picture me holding it right now. Okay, all right. So the gay item of the week is a DVD of Drop Dead Gorgeous. I'm sure loaded with great special features. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Commentary, Good. trailer. Good. Good. Um, so that was the uh, the gay physical item of the week. <laughs> hey, guess what? I have a gay item of the week. Surprise, You do? Bitch. I do. Oh, my God. It's, it's more of a gay complaint. Well, it's more of a complaint that is gay adjacent. And okay. here's a story. <laughs> I was, um, I did a comedy show in Austin a couple nights ago. And, you know, I have a, a film badge for South by. So I'm going to as many movie premieres and seeing as many shows as I can. Julio Torres, who's hilarious, former SNL writer, also the showrunner of Los Spookies. Um, he has a movie premiering called Problemista. Produced by Emma Stone, starring him and Tilda Swinton, um, and this was like I was like, oh man, so rare that like this comedy that I'm like really excited for is coming out. So I stood in line for the premiere. I was like in in position 500, and the theater seats 1200. So like, oh, you're definitely gonna get in. I got cut out 
of the, I was like oh. one of the last five out. So I couldn't make it. And this is like my larger complaint with South by, um, kind of disenfranchising oh. badge holders now, because like Ooh. there were people who bought, uh, badges during COVID, but then South by wasn't going to honor those badges for the next year. There was a class action lawsuit filed. So like I got a free badge and a discounted badge uh, for this. I got a free badge last year, discounted badge this year for all the years of South by that, that went by during COVID that never happened. And so they, they kind of create all these new things like, Oh, now you have a badge plus or badge express pass and blah, blah, blah. Um, so they're, they're finding all these ways like disenfranchise the badge holders who, you know, like fork over a lot of fucking money to attend their festival. And, and we want to get into these premieres because these are, these are, this is what you do it for. So probably, you know, not just what South by did as far as hurting the badge holders, but, um, but also, I do think a lot of the the cast and their friends and friends of friends and something you know felt like the buzz was really brewing around this, and it it wasn't brewing. Or like when I looked at the app, it said, "Oh, this won't be crowded. You know, you'll you'll definitely make it. You know, it's it's there's plenty of space, plenty of time." But then you just felt like the buzz kind of erupts the closer it got to showtime, and I think like they just snuck in a bunch of you know the the privileged many. Um, mm -hmm. to see that movie instead of us and we were left holding the bag so I was fucking pissed I'm still fucking Damn. pissed yeah and uh, the, the silver lining the silver lining I met a wonderful man his name is EJ um, and we became friends he became we became friends I he turned out to be gay so there, there you go uh, making more more friends in, in the community um, <laughs> I didn't know he was, he was pretty butch you know we, we just got to talking and then uh, he like asked me like you know and he's like what do you do and I mentioned like this this and this also my cousin and I run a podcast and he's like what's your shtick and I was like well he's gay I'm straight we and we're cheating <laughs> and, can't uh, make it any more obvious <laughs> exactly um, so, so we got to talking he subscribed so he's oh and he's also half um, oh man I feel so bad like half Puerto Rican or something like that god damn I feel bad but he, he's also Brian. half Latino <laughs> Why even guess? I can't remember everything, but uh, <laughs> hey, he can comment. <laughs> he can comment his ethnicity on the next episode when we drop it. But he's, he he subscribes to us. I'll let him know that he's mentioning this. But uh, but yeah, that's my gay complaint of the week, and uh, I'm still shaking with rage. Gay and complaint is like peas and carrots. That's such a that's such a natural marriage. It is. It is. So yeah, hey, got our uh, news from the motherland. We got our gay island of the week. Um, I'm surprised. Day, yeah. I, I'm surprised that uh, it took so. Because I had heard about the film. Once mm. I heard that Tilda Swinton was doing a Julio Torres thing, I was like, Oh my god, that's gonna be amazing. Um, yeah. So I'm guessing every gay guy in Austin had the same thought and and shut he you out. He didn't know anything about the film. You know, he he was like, he was just standing in line, happened to stand next to me, and he's like, So what's this for? I was like, Do you know who Julio Torres is? He's like, No. And I was like, Oh my god, like I love you know, blah, 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 I love Julio Torres. And I've seen him do stand up like well before like kind of went back when he was like a writer um, and no one really mm -hmm. knew he was like he so yeah I've kept up with his career last you know five plus years or so and and uh, you know he's turned out to be like as good as advertised you know because sometimes people will come out they impress you but then they kind of like plateau I feel like he's just now hitting a stride creatively right right like they have the publicity machine behind them but they don't have yeah. the the, the, the talent to back it up yeah yeah Brooklyn and, Beckham yeah <laughs> man you got something against Brooklyn Beckham <laughs> he's just such a blaring example of like a bad Nepo baby you know that's why yeah. I always shit on him yeah, he's true. a bad bad Nepo baby do you want to spank that bad Nepo baby <laughs> <laughs> nah. not as much as his father David but anyway <laughs> David still looks good I don't know how he looks how great. the offspring of Posh Spice and David <clears throat> Beckham could be so hideous <laughs> I, yeah, the Romeo, the younger one, I think is is more attractive than Brooklyn. But I don't mean to punch up. <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, we're not punching down. Fuck these kids. But Romeo, to his credit, it. at least homeboy plays soccer. At least he's competing. Oh you know? right, yes, we've talked about this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, sounds sounds like you had a problem, Mista. I did problem, have a problem. Mista. I feel so stupid for not having connected that. Brian, it's right that, there. I know. <laughs> I was too blinded by rage to just look at what's in front of me and be like, I have a problem, Misa, with this problem, Misa. <laughs> well, 
Well, silver lining, we could see it together when it comes to LA. Yeah. Um, but damn it, I thought I was going to have something. I wasn't thinking about this at the time, but now I am. I'm like, I would have had something over Julian. I would have seen something he wanted to see before he did. And that doesn't happen very often. Maybe ever. <laughs> so, I mean, think of, think of an example. I, I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find one. Okay, you're right. <laughs> yeah. It's, no. not, it's not your lack of knowing that I'm commenting no. on. It's, it's my uh, fixation on, on seeing all of this right when it comes out, you know? It's true. It's true. You're better at getting to the theaters quicker than I am, for sure. Which I want to say we saw everything everywhere all at once, like the day it premiered uh-huh. in L.A. Yeah, and no one knew what that movie was or was about, and it blew our yeah. fucking minds. And we were like, man, great movie. Um, shame they released it so early in the year because it's definitely not going to get the Oscar attention. <laughs> no, we, we knew it was going to be a player, but we but still, that was like the worst time of the year you could release a movie if it's going to be an Oscar contender, you know? But they, they proved them wrong. It had legs. And I heard it was the most awarded film in history, which is what does cool. That mean? Like, well, it won seven Oscars. So is this like with all the combined circuit, like between Golden Globes, Oscars, um, critics, and all that stuff? New yeah. York film, film critics. Yeah. That's all crazy. Different. Wow. Yeah. It. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I, I think that's heartening because um, mm-hmm. it, it really is an original film. So I was I was happy to see it win as yeah. much as it did just something that wasn't Marvel getting this much attention uh, warmed right. my heart right yeah. well in the Academy I don't think would necessarily acknowledge Marvel but this is an example of like populist entertainment that I actually believe in so mm, it was cool yeah. to see the Oscars finally align with like mainstream taste finally um, good populism it's been a while since we've had it yeah and it didn't feel like it was like tokenism or like gratuitously awarded no, no, no. Yeah, you don't. And yeah, of course, there's a lot of emphasis placed on, you know, Asian actors and actresses and, and directors and filmmakers, you know, winning like groundbreaking awards. Um, there should be attention paid to that. Um, but you never felt like it was a participation trophy. Right. You never right. felt that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we could talk about the Oscars briefly. It was kind of we, an underwhelming telecast, but I think that's also a reaction to last year, which was, um, as you remember, totally. We were there for year. it. Um, and I think the Oscars well, were like, we are. We, we were are. together for it. We weren't We weren't there for it, but. Well, yeah, we, we were saw together it. when it happened, but you had it on the yeah. projector, you know, like it was an Oscars party. Like it was a, it was an event. <laughs> and to watch, you know, shit go down that way. I think the Oscars were like, we're happy, we're happy to have a boring ceremony this year yeah i, I didn't watch yeah. it i remember you were like bitch you better watch it's it because i'm gonna be talking about it on the podcast but <laughs> I think it's, it's happened so long ago at this point so it's like you know what what more can we say that hasn't already been said besides congrats to everything everywhere you know yeah yeah there were a few highlights for me i thought key key hai kwan had a beautiful speech that just yeah totally... watch that speech that was gorgeous like, i got choked up watching it and yeah. his, his excitement is so palpable um like i'm yeah just thinking about it now i'm like oh my god but yeah. uh yeah what a story he's had and, and michelle for that matter so i mean too and jamie lee curtis you know like we were all really happy i heard people complaining about jamie lee curtis you know winning the oscar uh over mm. other you know actors of color and i was like guys like let her have this one <laughs> like yeah yeah totally. she, she did she she really did put in an oscar worthy performance if you put an oscar worthy performance and you win you know there's only so many of those every year i'm like i can't complain it's only when you like win an oscar that like for some that should not be an Oscar-worthy performance that, like, I'll have issues. I do not have an issue with yeah. this one. For me, this was a retroactive award for Freaky Friday, <laughs> which <laughs> is very much a cornerstone of my formative uh, film-going years. Yeah. Um, she she was told two weeks ahead, before they started production on that that they needed her. Annette Benning was actually attached to Freaky Friday, which I don't see working, really. Annette Benning's so dramatic. Um... She's so two weeks out, they called her and she shows up and she, she did the damn thing. You know? Dare I say that was a big? It, but... Dare I say that was a big comeback for her? That role. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. She showed up. So, she never left, yeah, but that that definitely reintroduced her to the world as like well, you know now a mom, I guess you know like mom of a teenager, like those kind of roles. And then came the Yo Play commercials, and we all know how that went. Um, is it yo play? It's 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 yogurt out of the way. No, um, Activia. Stivia? 
Acti- the Activia. Acti- okay. There you go. The one that makes you poop. <laughs> and she's very explicit about that. Yeah. She Fire really wants you to know. Yeah. Sagittarius. <laughs> so, we got Oscar talk out of the way. Good on you. <laughs> I feel better. Bye. Um, <laughs> all right. Our next, our next item, um, just to like kind of kind of lead us here, um, is bogey bogey bum bum. It's really hard to coordinate that over the over Zoom delay that we have over the phone and Zoom. Yeah, yeah go we'll, ahead. we'll practice. We'll practice self forgiveness this so week. So what is what is bogey bogey bum bum about, Jules? Um, so Pedro Pascal's Starbucks order went viral. Uh, people online. Well, so so, it so let's go ahead and describe. Let's let's go and describe the the premise. Where Julian will read me a news story, and then I will pull up a song yes. that this news story reminds me of for any of our first time listeners. All right, go ahead, Jules. Yes. Um, so as I said, the internet found Pedro Pascal's Starbucks order chaotic. Um, the order is an iced quad espresso in a venti cup mm-hmm. with extra ice and six shots. Yeah. Sounds complicated, but... It sounds caffeinated, is what it sounds like. That's so much coffee. Yeah. Yeah, okay. For for context... For context, a single shot of espresso typically contains about 63 milligrams of caffeine. His drink has close to 400 milligrams of caffeine. That's pretty, that's pretty hilarious. Um, I know, I know what song this reminds me of. I, um, I love him so much. I, I can't I help too. it. When I, yeah. I'm, he's so disarming and pretty, not pretty, like rugged, but... Mm-hmm. Um, just so likable. Did you see his episode of Hot Ones? No, no, I didn't get to. What? Well, what? So what I'm worried about for Bogey Bogey Bum Bum is that I can't play the song. So I'm gonna ask Grant if he could impose this song for us. Uh, but it makes me think of Conga by Gloria Estefan and Any Sound Machine. exactly the one because i imagine after drinking that the, the pedro pascal special you're doing the conga all fucking night that's <laughs> you're, you're up you're partying um it's like he found a solution for people who like how meth makes them feel but don't want to do meth <laughs> so yeah. that's that's how i think of it. and you know I, I think of meth cocaine i think miami i think dancing and conga and gloria estefan so there's my A to B right there. What song does it make you think of? Nice. Coffee and TV from Blur. So keep your coffee and TV. Uh, from the Cruel Intention soundtrack. Mm. Um, that's how I know that song. But, you know, coffee's in the title, so it was, it was pretty, pretty straight. Low hanging um, fruit there. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Now Julian a has bit. a disappointing bogey bogey bum bum song, which doesn't happen very often because you you get to plan these. You already know what the fucking news story is. I gotta come up with it on the spot. I don't know if this is in my defense or not, but I completely <laughs> forgot that that's the the whole point of this segment. Um, is that it's on the spot or it's supposed to be on the spot? <laughs> well, no, that I mean, we that we play songs. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I encourage you to watch the Pedro Pascal Hot Ones. He's he's just he does have that kind of movie star elegance. When did it come out? Um, they haven't done Hot Ones in a while, right? Oh, really? I don't know. Um, well, it maybe, maybe it's just maybe it's just the ones that they have like on Hulu or whatever that that they only have up to a certain season. Maybe they are still coming out with new ones, and they're just not on like open streaming platforms or whatever. Oh, I thought it was on YouTube, but um, right, this one was. Right. Yeah, they're probably just on the This one was last week. Okay, okay. So, yeah, I guess they are done New Holland's, which is part of my ignorance. Yeah. Just not on, like, the streaming service. They don't have the most updated ones, I guess. Right. Great news story. And he's he's Argentinian, too, which I feel like South Americans fuck hard with coffee, as do Cubans. Totally, totally. Um, So he can handle it. I'm not worried about Pedro. I've never been worried about him. Not a single time. I've never been worried about him. That's why he's a movie star. Yeah, he lands exactly. on his feet like a, like a kid. <laughs> he is. He does have some kind of cat-like 
and dog-like qualities at the same time. I think he does have like the face of like a wolf of some kind. Is that weird? Oh my god. No, I see it. I see it. Okay. Add a way to make me more attracted to Petrovask. <laughs> you know I want to fuck a wolf, Brian. Yeah. Um, I didn't say it for those purposes, but <laughs> two birds with one stone. So um, manipulative. And I didn't even think you could want to fuck Pedro Pascal any more than you already did, but we proved them wrong, didn't we? <laughs> Um, anyway, next item of yeah. Boogie Boogie Bomb Bomb. Uh, Lunchables are now going to be available in some schools. Uh, Lunchables will be introduced into school programs starting this fall. Uh-huh. The company, though, is having to reformulate the ingredients to ensure the products meet federal guidelines first. Mm. But federal guidelines, I don't have a lot of faith in because federally, wasn't pizza identified as a vegetable by like the Supreme Court? Wow. Uh, I've heard something like that, but yeah, for get um the details because of the tomato sauce <laughs> oh my god wow they really fucked us with that food pyramid didn't they <laughs> i know i'm trying to give up bread you're preaching mm-hmm. the choir bro and they they um, told us bread is you need to eat more bread than anything that was the food pyramid told us it's like you you should mostly be eating bread mostly eating bread <laughs> Then after that, like maybe in the dark ages, <laughs> yeah, when that was the only thing we could eat, yeah, that's a pretty good option. And there was yeah. so little of it that you had to have a little bit like sustain you for a week. So yeah, I, I wonder if if they'll do Lunchables pizza. Remember those nasty things? So does this <laughs> mean? Yeah, I know it's crazy how much I liked those. Now, like when I see them in the grocery store, I kind of get sick because I'm like, yeah. Uh, and Hong told me recently that she. Like lunchables were for the rich kids. She couldn't have lunchables when she first came. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So she was like jealous of the kids who had lunchables and stuff like that. That's like a luxury lunch item. And I was like, I never knew lunchables were considered luxury at all. But maybe it's just that it comes prepackaged, so it's a little bit more expensive. So it's easier for the parents to buy and just like dump them in their kids' lunch boxes or whatever. So does this mean schools are giving out lunchables, or kids can buy lunchables at schools? I imagine if it's part of their lunch program that it would be for free, but yeah, I don't okay. know how public schools work. LOL. Um, <laughs> you fucking rich. I bitch. stay in my little skirt and my little yeah. white button-down shirt. Yeah. For those of um, us who did have to get educated by the government, um, it was you know the. I guess I was lucky. My my school had better private lunches than most. But um, what does what do schools? Giving Lunchables to kids. <laughs> I know what it makes me think of. Um, it's from the Les Mis soundtrack. But, um, Again? <laughs> you and the Les Mis soundtrack. Have I done Les Mis for Boogie Boogie Bumpum? No, but just in life, I feel like you're, you'll just sing five, six, two, one, nine, or whatever that bad Russell Crowe song is. Two, four, six, oh, one. It's Jean Valjean's. <laughs> Eight six seven five three zero nine. Yeah, <laughs> my name is Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but it is it is the beggar song. You know, look down and see the beggars on the streets. Look down and show some mercy if you can. <laughs> so maybe just thinking about the bread, like like how much the government wanted us to eat bread, and like that's really what the poor are asking for, and they're giving us lunchables instead. So I'm just thinking like alms, alms for a miserable woman, uh, which I think is actually Sweeney Todd. But uh, you get the idea. Bread, sure. beggars, lunchables, government. I think I know that. All right, fuck off. <laughs> Go ahead. What's yours? You, no, you totally did. Um, well, first off, I did find so the new products will be available nationwide. Uh, let's see the so an offer to students either for purchase in the lunchroom, though the company did not disclose the cost to schools, or for free through the National School Lunch Program. So it's it's one of the it's either or, I suppose. Yeah. Um, fuck, what? Oh, I know what song this reminds me of. Uh, remember, pour some cheese on that bitch. <laughs> pour some cheese on that bitch. Yes, I do. And I think Isn't just that it? Googling, do they say cheese? I never knew what the actual, oh. put some blank on that bitch. Maybe they're putting put some D's on that bitch. Yeah, because if I Google put some cheese on that bitch, uh, nothing comes up. 
Um, oh, wait, it's, some, it's, it's, it's it throw, some throw some D's. Throw some D's on that bitch. By Rich Boy. Throw some D's on that bitch. Just bought a Cadillac. Rich boy selling crack. Fuck niggas wanna check shit tight. Throw some D's on that bitch. So that's, okay. that's an A to D. <laughs> Literally D. Um, <laughs> Because um, in my mind, it's pour some cheese on that bitch. <laughs> it's like a, a weird out version of throw this, throw some D's. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. Just, also, throw going back some to like cheese Miz, on that bitch. You know, like that would be weird out singing it, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Oh, I was going to say really quickly, going back to your Lay Miz song selection, mm-hmm. uh, my friend Maddie, who you know, who mm-hmm. uh, who went to school here in LA, they did a production in her high school of Lay Miz. And I was like, must be nice, bitch. Like, we did like our drama school. club. That, 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 that's, that's why it, it has such an impact. That's why I know the music so well is because we did the I musical. See. Yeah, the most expensive production to put on. I'm just green with envy over here. It's because the I'm singing beggar song over here. It's because the choir director um, was like retiring or something like that, and so it was like, it was his swan song. This was like <laughs> he was see. stepping down as like the department head or whatever, and. Uh, and yeah, so I'll show were, you. I'll show all of you. <laughs> it was really it's like Oscar. We want you back. <laughs> it really was. It really was. It was. He was a funny guy. They, um, his name was Morris Stevens, but everyone called him Sir. It was just Sir. Did Sir do this or did you do this? Can you take this to Sir? And that that was his moniker. Like, and and Westwood swept every choir competition, so it was an earned nickname. But uh, but yeah, they sure. <laughs> they wanted Sir to go out on a high note, so they're like, let's go ahead and put some really under-equipped and under-talented kids in in Texas and make them do the greatest French <laughs> epic of all time. Um, and we did okay, I guess. <laughs> you did it. You yeah. got through it. Yeah. Um, good news, everyone. We did it. Um, it's over. <laughs> No, it was, it was good. It was a good production. It was a good production. Um, I'd love to see photos of, of all these little Texans in, like, their French revolutionary yeah. garb. Yeah, there are photos. There are photos. Did I get robbed of the role of Marius? Yes. Would I ever say that out loud sure. on a podcast? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> that, that's not me. I'm not embittered about that's the a, fact that's that. That's a bummer. You you would have been a really good Marius, Brian. I know. I know. I think they thought I was too much of a good timing Charlie to take that role seriously. And the person they gave it to... Um, he's fine. His name was Ben. He just wasn't as good. I'll, I'll just be very yeah. honest. Yeah. And I bet he doesn't look as much like Eddie Redmayne as you do. I do look like a like an Eddie Redmayne that has eaten a few with more a, sandwiches. A, yeah, with a man's body, as as you put it in your stand-up. <laughs> you love alluding to that. You love you love knowing where to twist the knife. I'm like, it's okay when I say it, okay? Um, I do this is like, my cousin Brian, and he has a man's body. It's okay. He says it's stand-up. Um, yeah, I do look like an Eddie Redmayne that ate a few more sandwiches. but um, That ate an Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, this was fun. This is a great boogie boogie bum bum. He's a thin guy. He's very yeah. thin. Anyway, yeah, thin. That, conc- that concludes. Boogie boogie bum bum. Boogie 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 bum bum. Bum bum. All right, we got the end of it together, so that's, we did it. More or less. <laughs> um, so, hey, here's our final segment of the day, of the recording. This is, we're about to conclude our first ever remote episode. I just want to say for y'all listening, thank you so much for sticking around. We don't even know if this is going to be any good when we listen back to it and do the edits. So, I mean, if you've been at one time from day one, hey, I'm just, I'm sure that it's already been good. I'm just trying to... I'm just trying to seem humble here. Temper, temper expectations. Yeah, trying okay. to temper expectations here. But, you know, if you've listened up to this point, we're about to cover my favorite segment, The World According to Jules. And yes. This is, That's this the kind of world I want to live in. <laughs> Trademark. All right. So in this, in this segment, I asked, I read Julian headlines from this week's news, and I get his unfiltered reactions. He has to fill up 30 seconds of airspace. I am not allowed to say anything. Total stream of consciousness. I'm going to read out three headlines. You're going to give me your pure, unfiltered opinions, feedback. And uh, if I think what you said is perfect, no need for further discussion. Um, if I feel like talking afterwards, I'm going to do it. I don't, I don't think there's ever been a time where I didn't end up talking about it afterwards. So uh, maybe this will be the first one. So I'm going to put up my stopwatch. Okay. 
and then I'm going to read you these stories right now. And okay. And we're going to live in the world according to Jules. You ready for your first headline? I'm so ready. All right. Hollywood, California, not Florida. Hollywood, we live there. <laughs> braces. Hollywood braces for a possible writer strike over streaming compensation. Your thoughts? Um, writers definitely need to be more compensated for streaming. Um, I also love a writer's strike because I don't think my ex, who's a writer on a television show, will get paid during that time. And I hate to see his tacky ass driving around in some nouveau riche white Mercedes SUV, the motherfucker. Um, so enjoy the unemployment. Beep. That's me saying his name. Um, so yeah, fuck that guy. But that being said, writers definitely need to be compensated. And in fact, actors also need to be making more residuals from streaming. Um, they asked Matt Damon what happened to that like mid-grade B-studio film that just doesn't exist anymore, at least doesn't get a theatrical release. And he was saying that now there's a lot less money to be had because there are no, there's, there are no sales of DVDs, there are no sales mm -hmm. of VHSs. Actors would get a back-end deal, so they'd only take so much money up front and then if the movie proved successful and there were a bunch of sales of home video then you would make a lot more money after the fact time um, um, so I, I, I let you go to a minute because I thought you were on a roll and also <laughs> and another thing <laughs> well the first half was talking about your ex which I love that's the world according to Jules and then, and then you started talking about the you know like case studies and all this too so I was like alright let's hear it the second 30 seconds we love a well-balanced answer. <laughs> we do love a well-balanced answer. Um, <laughs> so thank you. And I dare say that was perfect. I have nothing to add. Um, I, I personally think writers and actors should be compensated more for pretty much everything that they do. But I don't have a yeah. problem in this fight. So um, just kidding. Uh, that's most of what I do. Um, yeah, and I would like to get paid a lot more for um, my writing and acting efforts. Um, so I hope my agent listens to this because I did a tobacco commercial in January and have still not gotten my check. Yeah, so no. when it comes to paying out from commercials, I feel like, yeah, that's that's not uncommon, unfortunately. I feel like I, I don't get paid until like at least in a lot of cases, like two months after the fucking thing was shot. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I'm going to drive to her office on the west side for yeah. her to reissue the check. I mean, that's that's a whole afternoon, you know. Yeah, we'll make an afternoon of it then. You know, I suppose I do like seeing the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Um, you ready for next story? I'm so ready. Okay. U.S. releases footage of a Russian airplane crashing into an American Reaper drone over the Black Sea International airspace. Did you hear about the story, by the way? No. no. Okay, so, um, and I'll give you the spark notes. There was a Russian plane that dumps fuel on an American drone in international waters where no, you know, conflict is supposed to happen, and it destroyed the drone, the drone crashing into the ocean. It's like a $30 million drone. And the U.S. just released the footage of the plane dumping the Russian plane, dumping fuel on the drone, essentially destroying it. Um, so, you know, this happened a few days ago. The footage was released today. Your thoughts? I'm curious to hear how they got this footage. That's kind of strange, unless it's from the drone's perspective, it which is, sounds <laughs> that's so erotic. Um, it's, it feels like a scat porn or something. It's like seeing all this like oil get dumped on a drone. It also reminds me, it's so lo-fi of Russia. To I'm like, just shoot it down, bitch. I guess that'd be more antagonistic, but that's certainly what we in the United States of America would do. Um, so it's more just like so lo-fi of them. Also, it reminds me of um, when, the Dave when Dave Matthews Band was uh, they were in their tour bus going over the river in Chicago, uh, the name of which I don't remember because I am pretty apathetic about Chicago. Um, but they emptied the toilets on their tour bus into the main river in Chicago. Isn't it the Chicago River? I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah. It's probably the Chicago River. That's hilarious. But um, yeah, that, it, that was the image I had when you explained that to me. I was like, oh, it's like when Dave Matthews Band dropped a bunch of fecal matter into this very public river. Time. 
I'm realizing I need it. I, you know, World of Coin Jewels, I think from here on out is going to be a full minute because, you know, 30 <laughs> seconds is not enough. I did, I did let that go for Well, a it depends. Sometimes it's too bogged down in like, what should this legislation? And I'm like, Brian, English, motherfucker. <laughs> Do you speak it? <laughs> Do um, you speak it? <laughs> that's why I'm trying to give these more condensed headlines. You know, it's still a process. We're learning. We're tweaking. We're improving. We're growing. Sure. Um, oh, I'm not tweaking right now, Brian. I haven't <laughs> tweaked in a few days. Good for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the yeah and it's funny um the the scat like i when i saw this footage my mind did not go to scat play but when you said that i was like it did look like that so I, i'm excited <laughs> for you to actually see the footage because yeah you know and the video came from the drone you know they, they famously have cameras on them and uh, and yeah like it's literally this plane comes whooshing right in front of it and you just see this giant fuel trail just like just a little shitting out of the plane and then yeah. uh all of a sudden you know the camera goes dark and then it's like that whole kind of like please stand by you know the monkey's like unplugging the tv or whatever and then the color yeah, bar the color, the color yeah. bars yeah yeah so it was like so how that. how did they how did they retrieve the drone was that with well, like military aircraft they, so russia and china tried to retrieve the drone i don't think it was successful the u.s claimed that they retrieved the drone um and, and yeah it certainly seems like an act of you know, I mean, not even aggression, like it, it is an attack, right? And um, it, it's certainly a form of escalation. Um, so yeah, the, you know, in the context of the Ukraine war and then the whole shifting of the international order right now, this is just the latest incident and probably the most direct in terms of like a, a weapons conflict between a you know, Russian-operated aircraft, and, you know, this wasn't a weapon that we gave to Ukraine to use. This was a U.S.-owned and operated drone. So, you know, that's that's direct. That's an attack. You know, that's an attack. Our, international, our international seas fair game. Could anyone fly a drone across the, the Black Sea? Yeah, this, this is a conflict-free zone. You know, this is, this is okay. international airspace, so you're not supposed to have any kind of... Um, you know, geopolitical conflicts in this space. You know, this is this is space that doesn't belong to any sovereign nation. So the drone has a right to be there. The plane has a right to be there, but the plane doesn't have a right to destroy the drone. And so, I see. yeah, yeah. So that's that's how that's how shit's going down. One more question: mm -hmm. Why it got to be black? To quote RuPaul's Drag Race, why I literally, as you were saying this, Google imaged the Black Sea. Bitch, uh -huh. That's like blue, blue green. Okay, like I was picturing just like an oil slick. Um, <laughs> no, it's so. Um, yeah, it's, it's so apparently, and I just Google this, but the Black Sea is widely attributed to the Anatolian Turks due to their habit of referring to the South as white and North as black. So I guess it's a sea. Oh. Yeah, it's it's just more of a regional thing than it is like an actual color. Um, I didn't know much about the Black Sea outside of the general location, but one thing I did know was that it was not actually the color black. It's too big. That'd be crazy. <laughs> um, so thank you for that. Thank you for that. Are you ready for your... Do you have any more thoughts to add? Any Anything else you want to add? No. Okay. Your final news story. Your final news story. Ready for it? And yes. I, I saved this for last because it's it's actually a bit of overlap, unknowingly to me, because I didn't know you were going to come out with this story. A bit of an overlap between this and the uh, Tennessee lieutenant governor that, you know, uh, was commenting on uh, homeboys, uh, homeboys uh, underwear pics. <laughs> I figured we would both bring this up to s in some capacity. It's just too good. Well, this is too gay. <laughs> of course. And this is, it's a little dark, but I do enjoy stories about hypocrites. But man <laughs> who painted the word groomer on public libraries in his city was caught with child pornography. Former elementary school librarian who spray painted the word groomer on two public libraries last year has been charged with possession of child pornography. Your thoughts? So I, I take it he thinks that authors are groomers because their their rhetoric will somehow <laughs> seduce a child. The reasoning of this is so fucked up. Um, 
if I was to be groomed by an author, it'd probably be Hemingway. I'm old school. Um, <laughs> he could groom me by taking me to a bullfight, fulfilling my grandpa's oh wishes. My I'll finally go see a bullfight, Grandpa, um, under the care of my daddy, Ernest. <laughs> um, this is a great example of a time where I cannot speak for a minute, but watch well, me. Okay, uh, we're 30 seconds in. Go ahead. Do another 25 seconds. I'm here. I'm right here. I ain't doing nothing. Um, I also think gro groomer is overused. I don't think um, everything is grooming. Uh, if we were to go by that definition, like me just being like nice to you. Well, actually, you're older than me. But you being nice to me, I feel like the right could be like, Brian's just grooming Julian. Or in theory, <laughs> For a life you being nice, or in theory, you being nice to a kid, right? Like you being nice yeah, to any kid. Yeah. yeah. Which our our country is so sadly overvigilant about that sort of thing. Mm. Um, not to say like legalized child pornography, but like I think it's okay for me to say hi to a little kid on an airplane without mm. being branded lecherous. I mean right. that yeah. that sexualizes the dynamic by by accusing someone of that. Right, right. You're like, inserting why, it where it didn't exist, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, who said anything about fucking and, your daughter? And you did it. Well, and the guy, who, the guy who has child pornography is the one accusing you of it. You know, the, the lieutenant governor of Tennessee is the one who's saying you can't dress in drag. Um, so once again, just a massive projection. There are two massive L's from the anti-groomer community right now because they're the motherfucking groomers, you know? <laughs> like, at the end of the day... I, that I, wish, I wish I could have, like... A week. I'd like to do like a week long seminar with all these people mm. where they come to terms with all of these things about themselves mm. yeah. so that they can then be more functional, less hateful. Because it's nice on the other side. I doubt they'll listen to this, but I tell it to anybody. If I talk to a younger kid that was gay that I'm not hitting on <laughs> for clarification, mm -hmm. I would tell them, like, it's, you know, it does get better. You can find a community. <laughs> you can't, you, we could, you know, there are one wonderful pedophiles in jail, you know, that you could really get on the same page with. Um, yeah. So fuck that guy. I'm glad he got caught. Kill and, pedophiles. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're opening up this camp for wayward, uh, suppressed homosexuals. They'd rather send people to conversion camp instead though. You know, it's You're kind of preaching the anti-conversion camp. Yeah. Yeah. Let's look up what the antonym of that is. Cause Brian, that's a million dollar idea. Once again, um, we got to stop coming up with these million dollar ideas, uh, in our podcast, <laughs> giving, the, giving it away for free, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we'll, we'll in, hop yeah, off of here I don't know. and we'll talk about this business idea further off of line. Yeah. But, um, um, rumor has it, and my mom probably won't want to hear this, but um, that my mom was conspiring to send me and Jose Pablo, friend of the pod, best friend of my life, and also a fellow gay man, uh, to like a gay-friendly institution. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if that's code for a conversion camp. I'd like to think my mom's progressive enough to not do that. Yeah. Um, but that's always a question I've had. And maybe this is my way of indirectly about, about <laughs> asking her what the deal was with that. <laughs> yeah. When, when was hey, this? Hey, mama, what the fuck? <laughs> when was this um, uh, a possibility? Uh, the 90s, you know, probably when I was about seven or eight and oh, yeah, increasingly evidently gay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you see the speaking of pedophile pedophilia, by the way, um, which yeah, obviously where this goes. Yeah. <laughs> which is different than being gay. I, I have to Let's just go ahead uh, and re yeah, reinforce uh, that. I'll stand um, by that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. You've never seen me fuck a kid, right? Uh, <laughs> See, oh. he, even he denies it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Julian, uh, what's the angle? Um, but I was going to ask, have you um, have you seen the documentary on Jared from Subway? That's on Hulu. No, it's on Hulu. Huh? Uh, a dirty Brian, bastard. It's, it's rough. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's horrible. Fuck that guy. I met Jared really? from Subway. I think I was too heavy <laughs> for him to go after me. I'm like, what about me? <laughs> like, I'm such a pick me. Um, <laughs> yeah, you are. He but, never but went for it. That was one that you're happy didn't pick you. Um, well, did, did you did you like Jared due to his weight loss story or anything like that or you know what? Yeah, how, how same, did, same reason the rest. Him? How did you meet him? He was on one of his many national tours, going from school to school, subway to subway. So I met him at a subway. Oh, okay. Um, what well, were you we, like, monsters in town? We have to go. Yeah. And she was like, oh, how great. Jared's in wonderful. Brownsville, huh? <laughs> Brownsville. He was making the rounds. He went all the way down Jared to Brownsville. in the valley. 
Oh, he was making that money, you know. He made it a pedophile, but he was also driven. Yeah. <laughs> Towards was, what? I don't know. He was like, yeah, the money's nice, but... Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. a very hard-working pedophile, for sure. Jim, yeah. Jim, don't let anyone tell you different. Um, it's a three-part series. Uh, handle it with a, with a with tough care. stomach, but... Yeah. but yeah, I watched it voraciously. I like wretch at certain points in like documentaries like that. When it gets like really dicey, I'm just like, oh my god, like why am I watching this? You know. And I felt very primitive, but my overall emotion was like, I hate this man. I hate what he's done to kids. Um, I always talk about how like a car, the carceral state should actually be accommodating, but it should be up to the families of victims to <laughs> essentially go vigilante and shoot people in the face. Yeah, I do wish there was more of a. Yeah, I do. He got fifty years. Five, fifty yeah. years, I, like not even a lifetime. Oh, so so you you think you should hang? Yeah. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> yeah. I, I, would, I would be opposed. Like I would be opposed. Um, yeah, That's just something you wish. can't give back to someone. You I can't do give wish back someone's innocence or virginity. It's or just childhood or, you or know, childhood. A sense of you know wellness, um, sense of peace. Yeah, it is a very sad situation, and I do wish like I don't know. Yeah, in a primitive sense, I do have like those vigilante fantasies about like you know just dispensing Texas justice to people who wronged you you know and so I do wish that families would have more of a direct role in how these perpetrators are punished you know um instead of just like at least kind of, once they're proven guilty yeah once they're proven <laughs> all, guilty once they're proven all guilty. contingent on that yeah, yeah I, I'd be cool with like a kind of ruling where like okay so he's guilty here are your options um yeah do you want a gun what are we do thinking you want a yeah <laughs> we, we, can, we can make it a little shopping it's a little boutique experience we come into like the lethal injection store you know we can choose our, our syringe yeah but um yeah fuck Jared it has to be said. <laughs> Did you feel a betrayal when you found out about that since you were a fan and you met him? Um, not really, just because I think by then... When did Epstein happen? I feel like by... like I, this I was feel like at that point... This was pre-Epstein. Was it? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think by then I was already questioning powerful His. people. Oh, interesting. You know? It would have been like 2014-ish. Yeah, because because yeah. I remember I filmed a subway commercial right as that news story broke. Yeah. Oh shit. And too bad and, you weren't fat before. You could have replaced <laughs> him. Yeah, it was like, and and we were like a bunch of college kids planting trees. So I, I was hoping that would actually make the commercial run for longer because now they're looking to take a real hard left from Jared's image. So I was like, hell oh, yeah. And, and bitches, bitches love trees. Yeah, and bitches love trees. It's just <laughs> tried and true. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Just plant a tree and sell a sandwich. <laughs> Oh, cool. yeah. I went. I went to Subway. I think a day before seeing this documentary. And you know what? I'm gonna. I'm gonna go again. I'm sure they probably. Who knows how complicit they were in covering it up? I imagine Good pretty question. complicit. Or or they were like, well, we didn't find any substantial evidence, yeah. um, which is akin to covering it up. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, evil prevails when good men do nothing. When or sandwiches women, are delicious. But that's what the quote is. Or women. That's what the quote is. Um, <laughs> but I'm gonna see you in a few days. I'll be back in LA. I um, hope to see you for my improv bring, bring showcase. Bring some sunshine. Bring I some will. sunshine. Would you? I will. will you? Will you be back in time for dinner? Because I'm going to dinner with your girlfriend, bruh. This Saturday. Or yeah, I, you're, you're talking about Safi's. Yeah, five forty-five. Oh, uh, this this Saturday. This Saturday, Brian. Uh, I, I thought she it was texted. She te- I, I thought it was it next Saturday. This. Oh, wait, I'm such a dumb bitch. It is next Saturday. Oh, fuck. So then your improv shows this Sunday. Yes. Got it. Okay. I got to change my analog planner. <laughs> my right, navy blue planner. Your navy blue um, planner. I love you. With the flamingo. Hey, uh, thank you everyone for listening. Like I said, um, thanks for sticking with us while we did this remote episode. I hope it was enjoyable. Let us know what you think. But from the Guantanamo Bay's podcast, I'm Brian Bogart. And I'm Julian Goza. Thank oh, you. and subscribe to Guantanamo Bay's pod on Instagram. Yes, give us a follow, and we'll see you guys there. Nos vemos.